Hello and a warm welcome. I'm Armin Trost, professor at the Furtwangen University in Germany. And this is my series on human resources strategies, a real master course for advanced HR students, professionals and executives. This series is available on YouTube and on all podcatchers like iTunes or Spotify. All slides that support this series are available on my website. For more information, please read the description to this YouTube or podcast. I'd also like to refer to my book, Human Resources Strategies, available at most online bookstores. So, again, thanks for listening Have fun and gain valuable insights into the fascinating world of HR strategies. So, welcome everybody. This episode will be a key episode, I would say, because this one will provide you with an overview on the required steps on how to build a powerful HR strategy. So let's start with a simple and difficult question. Yeah? Um, just imagine you are the newly appointed HR executive in a company, right? Or the CHRO or CPO chief, people officer, however you name it. Yeah? You are the top HR executive. And you are supposed to build an HR strategy. I mean, <laughs> because that's what executives do, right? They build an HR strategy or they build strategies in general. So that's the situation. And, and the situation is real. It's, it's not fake. This is not, this is not textbook now. This is, this is real. So um, how will you start and proceed? What will you do? How, how, which questions will you ask? What steps will you undertake? What will you consider? What will you actually do? Right? Uh, we could also put it differently. Uh, now let's assume in, let's say, 100, at least 60 days from now, you have a meeting with the entire executive board And you have a slot of one hour, and your task will be to present the new HR strategy. You will present something. Probably you will have a presentation prepared on PowerPoint, maybe. And this presentation might be, consist of 30 slides. Well, what will you write on the very first 10 slides? And also on the remaining slides, of course. But how will you start? It, just think of this. How will you start? And the worst thing you can do now is just to try to, to compile a list of activities that you somehow like or you are familiar with. Could be that you, you love the topic of diversity, so you put diversity on top of the strategy, or you think, hmm, in times of talent shortage, so, oh, let's put that on top. Or, um, or because you, you are an industrial and organizational psychologist and you, you dealt intensively with um, 
diagnosing skills and competencies, you put this on top because you are so good at it. <laughs> of course, this is wrong. And, 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 and also wrong is uh, just to take the HR strategy that you had from your previous company. So, well, I don't want to repeat all the pitfalls that we were talking about in the, in the last episode. I would like to share with you a structured stepwise approach. So, how to start? Everything starts with a business. Now that's an important sentence. Everything starts with the business. And I would put it that way. We start with the company strategy. Or to put it differently, with everything that is related to the strategy of the company. And I would like to focus on three things here. Uh, and as a newly uh, appointed HR executive, you should be aware of these three things. What are the three things? First, you must be clear about the purpose of the company. We'll talk about this in a minute. The purpose of the company. The second thing is you have to understand the competitive advantage of your company. Where is your company better than all the others? And third, what are the strategic challenges of your company? So, first come first, <laughs> let's start talking about the purpose of the company. The question is, why is your company there? Why does it exist? It is a serious question. And, and I mean, do yourself a favor and just talk to a colleague and ask him or her this simple question. Ask him or her, hey, our company, <laughs> why does it exist? It will be funny to hear what you get. So some will say, why do we exist? Uh, I mean, because we exist, uh, because uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we always existed. Uh, it, it existed. It's, it's good that it exists because I work here. Huh? I earn some money. Yeah. Uh, okay. Why does it really exist? Why does the world need you as a company? So let's think about the following, okay? Now, let's assume you are a student, okay? Uh, you got enrolled in a, in, a, in, in a university at a place you have never lived, okay? Let's say you are enrolled here in my, in my home area here in the Black Forest, uh, Fort Wangen University. So, luckily, you found a nice flat, one and a half room, and, and this flat is empty, There's nothing in it. It's just a little kitchen, but, but nothing else. So uh, you don't have much money because you are a student. Uh, and you, you want to buy all the things that you need, all the furniture and all the stuff that you need for living. And you want to do kind of one-stop shop. Well, you don't want to, to surf around hundreds of online platforms and, to, to, uh, uh, and to, to, to order various things. I mean, you don't want to do this. Uh, uh, and also, I mean, you don't want to spend uh, a couple of weeks uh, to, 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 to buy all the stuff you need because you have rented a, a transporter, a car, a big car for one weekend. So you have to buy all the things on a one-stop shop. You don't have much money. The things you want to buy are supposed to look good and they should, they should be well, let's say, for the next four years, okay? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, that's that's what you want to do. So the longer I talk and the, the more I describe the situation, the more of you will think of one particular brand, which is probably, depending on your country, uh, Ikea, right? Ikea. Ikea, Ikea, Ikea. Germany, we say Ikea. Yeah, yeah. that's why Ikea is there. Yeah. And if you ask an executive at Ikea, hey, you, Mrs. Executive, Mr. Executive, why does Ikea exist? They will never, ever say something like, yeah, we produce and sell furniture and stuff. No, <laughs> that's not the purpose. The purpose of Ikea is something different. To provide a good living right with good design at a good price and that's the thing right so we can also look not only at ikea we can also look at mcdonald's if you ask an, an, an executive at mcdonald's hey why does mcdonald's exist they will rarely say yeah we sell food no <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's is not about food. Yeah, it's also about food. But I mean a lot of a lot of shops, a lot of restaurants are about food, but it's not about food, right? It's about something special and you might think about this or, or let's think of Apple. I mean, when you when you when you hear when you carefully listen to Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs never said Apple is about producing and selling computer devices. No, not at all. He said something different. He said, well, look at all the crazy people that really changed the world, who really made a difference in the world. All the rule breakers, crazy guys. Think of Hitchcock, think of Gandhi, think of Bob Dylan, think of, think of Maria Callas, think of Albert Einstein, think of all these crazy people. If they would have used a computer, they probably would have used a Macintosh. That's what he said, more or less. So he said, Apple is not about computers. Of course they sell computers, but that's not the purpose. It's not about computers. It's about enabling people to translate their crazy ideas into fantastic reality. Now, I mean, this is in my own words. Steve Jobs put it better, of course. Now, think different. That was the claim. So that's the purpose of, of, of Apple. So as a newly appointed HR executive, you should be clear about the purpose of the company first yeah because i mean that gonna affect a lot of things not only the motivation of the people but but also the priorities we're going to talk about and everything you do in hr everything you do in hr must relate to the purpose ultimately yeah if something does not relate to the purpose it it might be useless right and when you think about a purpose the interesting thing is that a purpose has always an eye towards the customer. So that's why it's so important to start with a purpose, the business purpose, because when you think about the business purpose, you necessarily think about the customer, and the customer is the first thing you consider when building an HR strategy, right? That's absolutely essential. There is no purpose that goes just inside the organization, Okay, so that's the first thing, purpose. The second thing is, um, what are the critical business challenges? And, and here's a, 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 good, a good question to, to be answered. 
um, addressed to the CEO maybe. And the question goes like this. So Mrs. CEO, Mr. CEO, tell me, why can't you sleep at night? You know, most CEOs, if, if, even though they do not talk about it, but very often CEOs wake up in the night, at three o'clock in the night, in the silence of the night, scary, and then the demons show up, the sh demons, all their worries, the things they really fear about their company. And they have reasons why they don't sleep at night. I mean, if you ask a CEO, especially a male CEO, ask him, hey, why can't you sleep at night? He will tell you, I can't sleep at night. <laughs> I'm solid. You know, no, 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 no. They very often can't sleep at night. And they have reasons. And, you know, there are many reasons. One is, for instance, disruptive technologies. You know, there are players in the world. I'm going to talk about this uh, uh, in a in different episode in more detail. But there are players in the world that make your life hard. Uh, players that, that, that you've never heard about. Ever never heard of a year ago. Little startups that going to turn the markets and the business upside down. Just think about digitization. Digitization is so massive, changes everything. Think about the new business models that go along with digitization. So as a company, can you keep up with these fast changes that go along with digitization? I mean, we have sometimes political uncertainties. I mean, these days, while I produce this podcast, we have to think about the practice, uh, the, the Brexit, sorry, the Brexit. This is political uncertainty. So if you have a subsidiary in, in Great Britain, that, that might worry you. Or uh, while I produce this episode, uh, we are in the midst of the corona crisis. Well, that's a reason why you can't sleep at night. Yeah, But there is much more like, like shifting consumer behaviors. The consumer's behavior is changing. I mean, we have experienced this in the last few years and decades, moving from from uh, um, real stores to online stores, right? Um, so, public regulation. If you are in the financial industry, you're worried about the growing public regulation as, as a consequence of the financial crisis. So, there are challenges that make your life hard. And, and you're better capable to, to cope with those challenges. And as an HR executive, you have to understand those challenges, right? It, it's incredibly important. The third thing you have to understand uh, in general is the competitive advantage of your company. So you have a purpose, but you're not alone with that purpose. There are other companies as well who follow up on a similar purpose maybe, Um You are not the only car manufacturer. You are not the only, only chemical uh, company in your industry. You are not the only uh, 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 store in, 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 your, in your town. You, you have competitors all around. Of course you have. So the question is, where are you better than the others in serving the customers? Where are you better to deliver on your purpose? So is it Because you are more innovative than the others? Is it that you are technologically more advanced? 
Or is it that you can offer your products at a lower price? Or is it because you can offer your products and services uh, with a higher quality? Is it that? Or with a better design? Do you, do you have a better brand? Yeah. Do you have better access to markets? Do you have a bigger market share? What, what is it? What makes you better than the others? And you know, I don't want to talk about strategy too much because this is a, a, a series about human resource strategies, not about strategy uh, per se. But, but in my eyes, when we think about strategy, just for a few minutes, that's, that's one of the most important questions to be answered. Where is our company better than all the others, than our competitors? And, and you cannot be better in everything. You cannot be more innovative, be higher quality with a lower price. That's simply not possible. So you have to make a decision. That's a strategic decision. That's a purely strategic decision. Everything makes sense, but you have to make a choice. And that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. So, purpose, business challenges, and competitive advantage. So, that's the business side. We're just talking about this for a few minutes, but I think that's essential. That's a starting point. Yeah. So, as an HR executive, when you present your HR strategy, you better start with these three things so that you can prove that you understand what we are talking about, that HR is not about HR purely. It's about... It's about affecting the business. Okay, what business? <laughs> what needs to be affected? What challenges need to be overcome? Which purpose need to be, on which purpose uh, you need to deliver? And so, okay. But now comes the next step. If this is all true, what are the people-related challenges? That's the first question you need to answer. And that goes along also with what are the critical functions. I will share with you a specific episode about the critical functions, the critical function roles. It's, it's the next episode. Uh, I, that, that one needs more time. Yeah? And so I will not talk about the critical functions now in this moment. I just want to focus on the people-related challenges. And when you, when you think about the people-related challenges. I mean, a good question is, okay, if we want to deliver on our purpose, if we want to overcome the business challenges and we want to strengthen our competitive advantage, what is required on the people's side? So what does that mean to the people in the organization, the employees and the managers? And, and why is it so hard from a people perspective To, to deliver on purpose, to overcome business challenges, and to strengthen competitive advantage. And, you know, that's a first question you might ask yourself, and it's not so easy. It's not so easy, but if you do it carefully, you, you, come up with, uh, you, you might come up with a few things from a, from a huge list of potential things. I, I just would like to give you uh, an idea about, about some, some, some things, like... Well, a people-related challenge might be that you do hard in filling key and expert positions, okay? That could be a challenge. You say, okay, we want to be innovative, so we need uh, good scientists, but we don't get them. Uh, we want to keep up with digitization, so we need a lot of software developers, but we don't get them, and we need many of them. Then we talk about bottleneck functions, as you will learn in the next episode. So filling bottleneck functions might be 
a real challenge. Yeah. Or a challenge might be the valid selection of the right candidates. You might think that it's really difficult for you to, to, to select the right people. Being fair on compensation, that's a big one, as you will see. Uh, or something like, well, we have to share relevant knowledge across the firm. Really? That's essential for the future of the business. Or something like we have to uh, shape working conditions which are productive, right? Something like this. So there are a lot of things you, you might need to, to, to cope with. Uh, retaining best and high potential employees, that might be another one, right? So what are the biggest people-related challenges. So as an HR executive, you better have a list of, let's say, three, five, seven points here. And when you point out these key challenges, you better use numbers. You better have a solid ground. It's not just guessing. And it's not just saying we don't have enough money. <laughs> no. Be clear on what the real people-related challenges are. So once you have the challenges, <clears throat> the next thing is to understand, okay, what are the topics that we have to deal with? The topics and the approaches so that we can overcome those challenges. So the challenges as such are the why, but now it comes to the how. How will you overcome the challenge of filling key positions? That's part of the strategy. And this is something the executive board wants to hear. They, they're not happy with just understanding the challenges. They will ask you, okay, Mrs. Mr. CHRO, so what? <laughs> What will we do now? And, and, and you need some topics. I also name these uh, registers. Yeah? Which topics do you want to focus on to, to come up with these things? And here are a lot of topics. And probably these are topics that you will find in, in, in most HR master courses or even in, in some HR textbooks. These are not so new. Uh, and these are all topics we're going to talk about Not about everyone, but we're going to talk about most of them in this series. Let's think about employer branding, meaning position and presenting your company as an attractive employer. That might be something, right? That can, might help in, in the area of talent acquisition, as we name it. Yeah. Um, maybe a, a key topic might be executive education, right? Uh, executive education. Or some companies say, well, the future of our business really depends on whether or not we will continuously learn. All people, maybe. Or we have to share knowledge better. That makes us faster, more effective. So we should better think about knowledge management. Or, I mean, think of think of one case I was sharing with you in a very first episode that was the case about highly talented people 
voluntarily leaving the organization. Yeah, we were talking about this retention issue, so maybe it would be a good topic to better deal with talent identification and talent development. Maybe that's a key topic for your organization that might affect the future of your business. Um, you might even think about uh, a reward strategy, base pay, variable pay. So what are the topics that are really essential for overcoming the people-related challenges? So starting with the problem, you now think about, okay, what are the right topics to focus on? But then you have to think about the context. That's crucial. And now the triangle comes into play. We were talking about in the, I think, in the last episode. So is it about agility or is it more about a stability? Is it about what is your context? How does the cultural and structural context look like in your organization? I will also dedicate two episodes on the context because it's so essential. Uh, the next two episodes uh, will be about this. So we will talk about leadership. What kind of leadership do you have in your organization? What kind of organization do you have in your organization? The way to how people collaborate. How much self-organization do you have in your organization? What is the concept of man in your organization? Uh, so we could talk about all those things. And, and as an HR executive, you really, 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 really have to carefully understand the nature of the organization you're working with because that's the ground on which you planned your approaches and if the ground is not compatible to what you intend to do things will not work they will simply not work okay so once you have understood the context then is the next step you can ask yourself okay How do I align the different topics and approaches to the structural and cultural context? That's the next thing. You have to strategically align what you intend to do. So, I mean, what does that mean? That's, that's a very important idea here. And, and this will guide us through the entire series because we're going to talk about very different topics and approaches. We're going to talk about employer branding. We're going to talk about talent identification. We're going to talk about learning. We're going to talk about knowledge management. We're going to talk about variable pay. We're going to talk about all those things. But the question is how to do these things, how to shape these things in a way so that they fit to the current and future structural and cultural context. That's a very essential question. So I used to talk here about the so-called third level. Why third level? Because when we think about HR, we can talk about the different levels of granularity. The highest first level are the general HR fields, which we always have in HR, always, like sourcing, recruiting, talent development, learning. I mean, every organization has something uh, regarding these, these, these general HR fields. These are the major chapters in any HR textbooks, uh, sourcing, recruiting, development yeah but now comes the question what are the key topics within those general fields so is it about employer branding is it about variable pay is it about uh what about what is it 
So what are the very specific topics we can talk about? But now comes the third level. And the third level is about the strategic alignment of these key HR topics. I know in the moment this might sound a little bit vague or very abstract. Yeah, fair enough. It's absolutely okay. But we will use this structure over and over and over again. And you're going to learn what that means. But just for this moment, I would like to give an example. So in the area of recruiting, which is a general HR field, level one, in the area of recruiting, there might be one HR topic. That's the second level, like employer branding. Employer branding. Okay. But now let's go through the third level, and that's the strategic alignment. And the question is, okay, how will we do the employer branding? Employer branding is not equal employer branding, as you're going to learn. Um, and, and here is uh, an example of two different statements, and you will find those statements over and over again in this series. And, and there are two ways how to do employer branding. One is loud and dominant, and uh, Statement might be like this, in order to be perceived as an attractive employer, we display the fireworks. We appear as a whole, very self-confident and visible from afar. Some companies would say, yes, that's the way to go. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Have a firework. Make sure that we are really visible. Uh, that's the way how we do employer branding. Loud and bold. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, some other companies think completely different. They would say, yes, of course, employer branding, that's that's important. HR key topic, uh, absolutely, no doubt about it. But, you know, our strategy is different. We appear as rather quiet and discreet and convince above all in personal communication. We do not urge but offer good reasons to everyone who might be interested. So that's a very silent, quiet personal way of doing employer branding also sounds good right also sounds good which one is right the first one or the second one so that's about the strategic alignment so to sum it up you always start with the business right purpose competitive advantage strategic challenges okay that's business then you think about the people related challenges and the critical functions Okay, what does all this mean for the people? Right. Okay, once you got the people-related challenges and critical functions, you think about which registers to pull, which topics and approaches might be the right one to address these challenges. Once you have these, you think about, okay, if these are the right topics, how will we align these topics? How will we align the approaches that we have chosen as being the relevant one. And all this happens within a context. And the context is about, it's about structure, culture, leadership, organization, and also about your role as the HR function. Okay? So, that's the overview. Mm? You better understand this. It's really essential. Okay? So, in the next two episodes... Uh, in the next three episodes, uh, I will talk about at least two things about this overall approach. 
in the next episode we're going to talk about critical functions and then we're going to talk about the structural and cultural context so hey thanks for listening see you next time